Hey everyone, welcome to episode number six of season two of Musicians for Mental Health. On this podcast, we speak with musicians about mental health openly and honestly without the veil of lyrics. We are not mental health professionals, we are not licensed therapists or counselors, we are just people that have our own personal experiences with mental health and want to shed light on these things. On this episode, I have a awesome conversation with a artist that I've been able to speak with a few times. Um, truly love talking to her every time that I get the opportunity. And I think that she has a lot to bring to the table. So on this episode, I'm speaking with Michaela Delgado of the band Yours Truly. Um, they've done a ton of music about mental health and Michaela's been very transparent online um, especially recently with some health issues and you know kind of how that's affected her and what she's been going through um, as she dealt with those those health concerns and I just really thought it was important to have her on um, and let her kind of tell her story and hopefully let some people relate to it Uh, we talk a little bit about mental health in Australia specifically where she's from we talk about um, having autoimmune disorders that you know cause constant medical anxiety and things of that nature and you know just kind of go over how she's been able to deal with it what she's been able to find that helps her cope and uh, get through the day with those things so uh, without any more distraction or delay let's jump into this conversation that i had with michaela delgado of yours truly yeah cool so for anyone that's not familiar with you let's do kind of the standard intro um you know kind of who you are and and what you do hi my name is michaela delgado and i sing in a band called yours truly yeah so um You know, we've talked a couple times and again, kind of the reason I I thought of you for this podcast is uh, with the music that you guys write, um, you know, between self-care and this new EP, is this what I look like? Like, you've been very transparent with your kind of mental health journey. um, And I thought it'd be really cool to have you on and kind of tell the story, um in as much detail or little detail as you want as to like, how did your mental health journey kind of begin? Like, obviously we all go through different events at different times. And for me, it was, I remember being pretty, you know, secluded in high school. I was kind of one of the outcast kids, if you will. Um, And that was kind of the trigger point for a lot of mine. Um, For you, you know, when did you kind of come to the realization that, you know, hey, uh, you know, maybe not everybody feels the way that I feel? Um, I guess probably high school, um, probably even like, yeah, probably even before, probably like prime, just school in general, I think was like the first kind of times that I'd realized that um, obviously, you know, unfortunately, like a lot of kids that went through like a lot of bullying and stuff like that. And I think it really, um, it really affected a lot of my self-confidence and the way that I thought about myself. And that's not really something that I really unpacked until later on in life. 
I also, um, I grew up with a little health condition. So I think when you're literally born into like living in hospital for like, you know, many months of your life and your early life, I think that there's a, there's a sense of like health anxiety that um, you tend to tend to build up. And I think, so it's something that I've always, I've always felt really anxious and unsure of myself just because I've always had, I've never really had like a secure um, idea of myself and like my own, my own power or my own, you know, my own confidence because I always felt like something wasn't right. So um, I guess, you know, growing up, you know, going through school with bullying and stuff like that and kind of getting to a point where it was like, I either move schools or I drop out of school because I can't handle this anymore. Like I can't handle this feeling. I can't handle, you know, I don't get along with a lot of the other kids um, that I go to school with. I don't really have a lot in common with them. I also feel like that's quite common when you like, when you're into like alternative music and you're into things that are a little bit different than what's popular. And it's so funny because when you become an adult, liking things that isn't the popular thing is, is cool because you find other people that like the same things as you um, so it, yeah, it's so funny because if I probably, if I would have known that, you know, I was going to grow up and I was going to make a whole bunch of friends that didn't make me feel that my interests were embarrassing, I, I'd, I'd probably really appreciate that. But I guess now, like, you know, my journey of my mental health is kind of finding a way to, to feel good, even though life is so, um, unpredictable. And I think I, I really, I re- really struggle with being overwhelmed. Um, and, you know, and things changing and things happening that I can't control. So um, at the moment, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm struggling a lot with my anxiety and that's what I've been pretty, like, I've been pretty um, transparent online. And the, the thing, the reason why I'm so transparent online is because I sing about it. I sing about my struggles. I sing about the way that I feel and, um you know, it's it's like I it's like I've built a community of people that also understand the way that I feel, and sometimes having those conversations without putting out music is is nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think um, I think within that, you know, there's a, there's a few things that you said that were really kind of uh, trigger points or powerful for me. That you know, like you said, it's. It's amazing that as we grow up, you know, liking these different things, alternative music or whatever it may be, it's incredible, like you said, when you become an adult and it's like, oh, that's actually the cool thing to like now. Like, how did I not know that this was something that every everyone else seems to grow into? Um, it almost feels like you're ahead of the curve to some degree. Totally, yeah. And I also think that it's like, kids have that thing of like everyone just wants to be accepted and wants to be popular and stuff like that so you have to like whatever society tells you that you should like but I feel like when you get older and also think with the internet and stuff like that it allows you to connect to people that like the same things as you so it's like you don't have to be around those people that you don't you know that you don't have anything in common with because there's just no reason to like there are just so many people out there that you can connect with yeah, and I think that's, you know, the double-edged sword of social media, right? Like, it has so many benefits in that where you can connect with these people that have similar interests and enjoy the same things as you. And, you know, you can find that community there. But then there's also the flip side of how toxic social media can be. And I know yeah. you've experienced mm-hmm. that quite a bit being in a band as well. Yeah, 
I think social media has its like, you know, pros and cons, like you said, like, I think the community part of it's really nice. But I think that when you get too invested in it, and you get, you know, especially during the pandemic, where I think we pretty much lived our lives on social media, it just that just was not good for me. Um, it wasn't good to be constantly comparing myself and I still do even like you know with the world opening up and stuff again comparing myself to other people's lives and like you know almost trying to pull myself back from wanting to create my perfect life online which is also another reason why I try to be so transparent because like nothing that people show you is always real and I think that it's it almost like messes with the way that we think to be like oh like I should be like that or like you know, why, why, why is my life not like that? Or why don't I have those things? Or why aren't I on that holiday? Or why don't I look like that? And I think that, like, especially the why don't I look like that it was a big thing for me of like, you know, yeah, like, 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 why don't I look like those girls on Instagram that, you know, that get all the likes and that get all the comments and that, you know, that all the people seem to like, like, why didn't I get to look like that? And then I think that, obviously then you start to strive to be a certain way and that's not really who you are which I think is quite sad because I think that you know being who you are is so important and so special that I don't know like I think it's I think it's sad that social media almost creates a certain type of person that everyone's trying to be yeah no I I 100% agree with you and I know obviously this is the easy thing to say but you know typically those girls or even guys or whoever that's getting all those likes on Instagram, a lot of that's surface level, right? It's just an appearance. And it's like, there's so much more to life than that. But I do, I totally agree that it's so easy to also get sucked into that because yeah. it's almost that it's almost that like affirmation that I have a purpose, you know? And it's like, well, I have a purpose other than looking good too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, there's so much more to life than than that. And I think the the beautiful thing with what you've done, especially, you know, fairly recently when you were on tour over in the, the UK, I think it was, um, you had that little bit of a, a hospital stay and posted the photo, like, you know, kind of this is what's going on. And like, nobody else really does that, you know, and it's so important mm -hmm. to show like, I'm still a human being at the end of the day. Yeah. And the big thing was that was that, um we you know we had had to cancel a couple of shows and we had had to jump off a few things like I mean we all got COVID in the beginning of the tour and then we ended up being able to do some more shows later on and then some of the guys got sick again we had to cancel another show and then just as we were playing our last two shows I ended up in hospital and it just kind of got to a point where I was like first of all I can't keep telling the people that want to come watch us that sorry we're sick and then just be like oh like here they go they cancelled again like I needed people to see that like it was honest and it was true like I didn't want people to think that we were just trying to get out of play and I know it sounds ridiculous and no one would want to do that but and I also kind of felt like as someone that you know talks about like health a lot and like also someone that struggles with like I have a whole bunch of like connected to I have the connective tissue disorder like I've got like a whole bunch of autoimmune disorders and stuff like that and I hope I also feel like as someone that like you know has come out and like said like I have these things I and I've you know I've sung about it and stuff like that but I've never actually spoken about it 
And so then I think obviously with this whole like EP, like, you know, is this what I look like? And kind of, you know, talking about being your true self, it was kind of like, I think it's time that I'm just a little bit, I'm a little bit more honest about this side of myself as well. And as much as it felt, is it, it was difficult for me to post that photo, it kind of felt like, you know, that I, I, I felt not this, I felt like I had to, because obviously you don't have to do whatever you want to do, but like, I felt like. I I needed to do it for our fans and I also needed to do it for myself to kind of, you know, to put it out there to explain myself, but then also to give myself a bit of power to be like, I'm I'm doing everything that I can. Right. Yeah, no, and I, I do think that, you know, I mean, when I saw the, the tweet, I was like, you know, okay, wow, like, Obviously, I believe any artist that says that they, you know, are sick or whatever, because I've been doing this a long ass time. And like you said, no, no band that actually loves what they they do would ever just make up a bullshit reason for not wanting to play a show. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, when I saw it, I was like, oh, man, you know, like because you, you hear like, oh, you know, we're sick or we're under the weather. And a lot of times we just kind of brush that off as, oh, they have a cold or like she lost her voice or whatever, but that, that photo kind of hit that gravity of like, you know, this is a, a serious thing. Like this is taking her away from doing what she loves. Yeah, it was, it was pretty scary. I mean, I was in, I was in the UK at the time. So I was really far away from home and I was, <laughs> yeah. So I was in a different country. I didn't have my family around, like, you know, I had the guys and stuff. But it was just, like, I was there on my own. Like, I was literally, I sat in, like, this hospital somewhere in the UK for, like, I think something like 12 hours just sitting around, like, literally just, like, sitting on the floor in corridors, like, throwing up kind of thing. So it was just, like, yeah, it was it was a, it was really hard for me. Um, so I think by the time I had, like, posted that photo, I just had, like, the, the longest day, like, the longest two days. Like, it had just been, like... Yeah, it has been so long and I I was so scared and I was so, I felt so alone and it felt really nice posting that and being so vulnerable and having so many people be so supportive of me instead of kind of getting shitty about the fact that we weren't playing the show, like that show tomorrow night. Um, yeah. yeah, no, it felt like even though I was so, like I was devastated and I would, you know, because then we had to cancel a whole bunch of our stuff and then, you know, I had to go home and stuff like that. So obviously I was like completely devastated. Um, but it felt really nice to have the support from people, really. Yeah, no, and I think that's, you know, I've talked about it a lot on this, well, both podcasts, really. And I think we touched on it back just before self-care came out on like being authentic with the audience. And, you know, within that comes that support and validation that, that we need. And I think that's exactly what you just described experiencing is, you know, like I'm being authentic. I've been true and honest with you guys. And the more people than not are going to come forward and be like, Hey, you know, that sucks. Like, let us know if we can do anything or whatever. Yeah. I, I feel like I've made a lot of friends through, through being honest, really. Like, I feel like the people that listen to our music, that you know, always talk, like, you know, will reply to, like, those tweets or those photos and stuff. Like, I feel like those people, like, are our friends now. Like, it feels like I know them now because they're, they're so supportive of me. But, like, it's just, like, it has changed so much for me. 
Yeah. Um, something I kind of wanted to, to go back to, um, you mentioned, you know, growing up having a few different like autoimmune uh, issues and, and things like that. Talk a little bit about, if, if you can, talk a little bit about like how those things start to mess with the mental health as well. Because, you know, as common as autoimmune is, it's also pretty uncommon for someone to have, you know, especially compound um, issues like that. Um, I think it affects in the way of it, it makes you feel it's a bit disheartening, really, like, you know, to have to get a diagnosis. Like, I feel like it's quite obviously it's empowering to get a diagnosis because you know what it is and that you can work from there and, you know, you can start to create a treatment plan and you can, you know, you can start working on making your life easier. But I also feel like there is an aspect to it that makes you think like this is something that I'm going to have to deal with forever. And I think that can affect your mental health a bit. And I feel like like that's the, that's definitely something that has affected, affected me knowing that, these that sometimes there are those days where I can't get out of bed and then there are days that I can't walk and then there are days that I can't you know that I just feel like crap and I know why you know and I you know and also it's a bit of also sometimes like which condition is causing this today kind of thing so I think that when when it gets a state where I start to have like these flare-ups um it just makes me think like my body is stopping me from doing what I love or from stopping me from existing like in a in the capacity where I can I feel like I can do anything really so um and I also think growing up it made me think like what's wrong with me like why why is there so many things that are, that are wrong with me like why like it was like I always like joke my parents and say like I you like you made me faulty like something something happened like that like I just didn't come out right like um which I know sounds really horrible but um but I also but they also always tell me that the things that I struggle with obviously make me different and you know, if I didn't struggle with certain things and maybe I wouldn't have the things to say that I do have to say and I wouldn't have experienced the things that I have to be able to write about the things that I've written about. Um, I like, you know, I don't think that, you know, I think that a, a lot of beautiful art comes out of pain, um, unfortunately. Um, but I'm just trying to, I'm trying to take like, you know, the good parts out of it because I know that it's something that I can't change. Although there are days you just feel like shit, but you know, it, yeah. it, it changes. Yeah, no. And I think, you know, obviously there is some truth to that, that what your parents said there as far as like, but if you didn't have these conditions, like then maybe these things wouldn't have happened. And, you know, it's kind of that butterfly effect, right? Like who knows what would have happened if things would be different. But totally. I, I think too, you mentioned earlier, you know, kind of the, the medical anxiety side of, of things where, you know, that compounding the issues because it's like, what's wrong now? Like, how serious is this? What do we have to do? You've obviously, you know, had to spend a lot of time in and out of doctors and, and hospitals. Talk a little bit about that side of it with the medical anxiety, knowing that you have a pre-existing condition and that constant, like, I'm not trying to make you have a sob story by any means, but I think a lot of people probably go through the same thing where it's like, 
what what could possibly happen next you know what i mean like i've already done so much do you mean in ter- do you mean in terms of like how do i feel about knowing that it's an ongoing thing yeah yeah basically um hmm. well i guess i know it's something that i can't change i think that you know as i get older you know things things get worse some things get better i learn how to deal with things a little bit a little bit better but you know, there sometimes things pop up and it's like, I know that I have, I have something called Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. And I know that as I get, as I get older, like other things will come from having that, like, you know, um, you know, it affects your joints and, you know, it can even affect things like your stomach and stuff like that. And, you know, I, something like stomach problems is something that like I'm starting to develop now that I didn't really have when I was younger so I know that it's something that I'm always going to have to deal with. And I think the more that I think about it, it kind of starts to feel a little bit overwhelming. Um, so I kind of first of all try to think about it. But then I also get that thing of when something starts hurting, then I start thinking to myself, oh, shit, like, here we go. Like, there's, some, there's something new going on now. Um, so then that, and that's where the anxiety kicks in, really. But um, I think, like I said, it's one of those things that I'm trying to teach myself that um, you can't control everything and that you can't be upset over the things that you can't control. You can only learn how to manage them. And I think that obviously it's not something that I'm very good at because once you start getting anxious, once I start getting anxious, it's really hard to pull myself back from it. Like, you know, then I start kind of riding that roller coaster. But I'm trying to be a little bit more mindful about not getting on that roller coaster. Yeah, no, I, I totally feel you on that because I myself am a classic overthinker and like the same thing, like one small thing will start to, to ache or whatever. So like after we talked last year at the end of January, 2021, I had cancer and I ended up being, or not cancer, sorry. I had COVID got lifelined um, while, you know, trying to fight that up days but then they did a scan of my lungs afterwards and they found a small nodule in there and they didn't know what it was yet so there was a cancer scare as well and it's like holy shit like turns out it was nothing you know what i mean like i've done a scan since and they're like yeah it's not growing it's just a like a calcium deposit or whatever but it you know the second cancer got brought up my mind went bonkers on oh yeah you, you know what i mean like so I totally get where you're going with that. Like, even now, because of the COVID, like, I'll run up a, a flight of stairs and I start being a little short of breath. And I'm like, oh, shit, like, did I overdo it? You know, what's happening here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I imagine that when you get told something like that, then like, you know, your brain will just go straight instantly to like the worst case scenario. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I think that every I think that people, you know, I think, you know, doctors are amazing and that's something that I feel like you know I think also helps with health anxiety to know that you know there are people every day that you know that get help and there are people that have genuinely saved saved people's lives and that's what I you know I think is really I think is a nice thing to to think about when like you know you get told those things that you know there is you know there there is a way out of a lot of stuff yeah for sure and you know, obviously there's still potential for the first case ever of some, 
some new disease or whatever. But for the vast majority of things, like you're not the first person to go through it. You know, other people have been through it. They've survived it. Like there's so much, if you can transition your perspective, there's so much hope in that because like you said, like it's not this brand new thing, you know, we kind of know what we're doing. Yeah. And I I feel like guess when it's you, it feels like, it feels like it would be so unknown and it feels like, you know, obviously because whatever you, your case or whatever you have is so unique to you, which I think is, is, is very true. I think any two people are exactly the same, but I think, you know, I think we forget that there are people that literally work on taking care of people every single day of their lives. Um, you know, I think that, you know, being under the care of someone is, is, you know, is very safe. And I think that, you know, kind of trying to think of it like that and just, you know, doing everything that you can to be healthy and to put yourself in the position. And so I think positive thinking is such a big part of that as well. I think that, you know, when you think negatively and, you know, you put yourself down and, you know, you kind of start to shut down internally, you don't give your body a very good chance of fighting. Yeah, no, I... I definitely agree with that. And, you know, obviously we both know that sometimes that's easier said than done. Yeah. I think, you know, that's where, and I think you have a, a, probably a great uh, story about this or a great kind of example, but like, that's where the importance of the support circle comes in, right? Like surrounding yourself with the right people that can help bring you out of those moments. Mm. I think I've only recently met people that, have the same conditions as me and I was actually talking to a friend the other night and I remember we spoke on the phone for like hours and just like laughed about the way that our joints sound when we walk or like like talking about the way that like the positions that we sleep in so that our hips stay in place and stuff like that and it was just like you know sometimes it's funny to make jokes you know with someone that understands what you're going through so I think and also being able to compare with someone and learning new things about yourself that you probably didn't really realize or something that maybe could have affected you or is something that you do because that you have that certain condition like I learned that there are certain ways that I sit because I have that condition that because I have this condition that I didn't even know I just thought that because it was comfortable (laughs) but um yeah, so it's it's really nice to, you know, to meet people that are that are like you that are going through this thing same things as you because I feel like those are the only people that you can you can laugh about it with. Because when someone doesn't get it and they laugh at you, you're like, you don't get it. Like it feels almost feels a little bit rude for you to laugh at me. But when someone when someone that like, you know, that you know kind of has gone through it, like it's I don't know, sometimes making jokes out of things is um is a nice way to deal with things. I mean, I make jokes out of everything when I can't deal with it. So <laughs> Yeah, no, I I am exactly the same way. And I think it it goes back to like kind of the escapism within human nature, right? Like if I make a joke about it, it's not as serious and I don't have it doesn't feel as heavy at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um talk a little bit about um kind of healthcare in Australia and, you know, specifically around mental health care, what, you know, does it carry, like in the U.S., I think it's pretty stigmatized everywhere, but like in the U.S., it's still very stigmatized and like it's really hard to to open up about it for a lot of people. And unfortunately, you know, we just talked all these great things about doctors, but um, unfortunately, you know, we have a pretty major issue where, um, 
doctors are very quick to prescribe medicine, you know, and it may not be the right solution right away. What kind of things have you noticed in the, the Australian system within that sort of arena? I feel like I'm very lucky to be Australian, um, especially, you know, I, as soon as I came home, I came and saw my doctor because obviously I'd been in hospital and then kind of, you know, started, you know, checking everything, make sure everything was okay. And like, I'm lucky that I could come home and do that. Um, I think, you know, I, I guess as someone that's had a lot of, you know, medical issues in my life, like, I'm here, I'm walking, you know, I'm doing things that, that I shouldn't have been able to do. So, you know, I'm grateful. Um, I guess, you know, in terms of like mental health and stuff like that, I think that obviously it's the same. I feel like it's it, it, it's a bit the same here in terms of not, not a lot of people talk about it. I feel like we're trying to have those conversations, but I feel like it's probably amongst an older generation. I feel like my generation is a lot more open about, speaking about mental health and getting that help like I know a lot of friends that you know that are in like you know go to therapy and counseling and stuff like that and it's even something that I've done as well so and I don't feel ashamed to talk about it my friends don't feel ashamed to talk about it and when I came home from being unwell and stuff like that my friends were like you need to go and see someone before like we know you haven't processed it yet but you need to stop you know processing it with someone so you know I feel like yeah, my generation is, I feel like, so much better and so much more open. And I feel like it's good because I guess that sets an example for, you know, for the fu- for future generations to be open about it as well. So I think that we are moving towards a better place in terms of, you know, being able to talk about our mental health. Yeah. No, I, I think I would agree with that as as what the U.S. is kind of experiencing now. It seems like, you know, 35 and under uh, is kind of the sweet spot for people that are like, we're going to talk about these things because they fucking suck and I don't want to be alone anymore. You know, like the the whole toxic masculinity of like uh, be a man and whatever, like a lot of that's kind of starting to subside. Um, but, you know, it, it is a process, like you said, and I think it's, slowly moving in the right direction. Um, and I think, you know, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I think that's where, you know, the, the power of like your music specifically talking about these things. Yeah. They're kind of wrapped in a veil of lyrics, but you've been very open, you know, it, within your music around, you know, bad breakups, depression. Um, you know, the, the last album was called self care. So like you mm-hmm. knew that this was a thing. Yeah, I think it was, I think it also, it's kind of, it was subconscious for me. Like, I don't think I ever set out to, you know, to say anything in particular, like before self-care, but I think it's almost kind of like, this was before I was, you know, talking about my feelings, because I guess I didn't really think that I had a problem, that it was something that, you know, I think a couple of years ago, you you know, you heard of other people having problems with mental health, but you didn't think that it would be you. So I um I think that me writing these songs was like almost like my own my own little like therapy sessions where I would sit and like unpack my own emotions and my own feelings, and it was almost kind of like I would feel better after it. And I don't I didn't really know why. Like I would kind of like 
you know, be really upset over a situation and like, you know, would write about it. And then like a little bit later, I wouldn't be upset about that thing or not as upset about it any as upset about it anymore. And then I think that as we kept writing and people started coming up to me and telling me like, you know, I really relate to what you said in this song and stuff like that. And then I think I realized what I was doing, um, you know, that not only like was I doing things for myself, like literally subconsciously, like literally helping myself, that putting out these songs that meant a lot to me, meant a lot to other people. And then I think that as, you know, as a writer, I've never felt that writing about something else or not writing about my own experiences ever has ever been genuine. Like I feel like I'm just a writer that writes about my own experiences and writes about my own life. And, you know, I think that obviously writing about yourself, you know, it's a lot about what's going on internally, what's going on in your in your head, the questions that you're asking yourself, things that you're going through, and then you put them down on paper. And um, you, not only are you telling your own story, but you're also talking about the things, I guess you're talking about things that you're going through, which so many other people, like, we're all the same, you know? Yeah. When, it, when it comes to things like this, like, we're all the same. No one, not many people in this world have gone through without being hurt i think it's very rare yeah no i i totally agree with that i actually just told a a friend of mine the other day that if you know if you were to talk to literally every person on the planet and you had anyone tell you that they've never had a bad day they're fucking lying like everybody's had a bad day everyone has and that's why i don't think that my situation is any more spectacular, any harder, any more um, special than anybody else's. All I can do is just tell my own story and do that for myself because it's what makes me feel good about myself and that if it helps other people and it allows other people to kind of have their own internal conversations with themselves, it hopefully opens them up to talking to their friends and family and maybe getting further help and stuff like that. At least they know that, there's other people in the world that think like them. Yeah, no, and I, I think that's a incredibly powerful thing, you know, musician, I think you'll agree with this. Like, like you said, telling your own story is, is one thing and it helps you internally, but then when it's kind of released out in the world and people start coming up to you and going, hey, you know, I was, I was listening to Funeral Home last night and this is what it did for me. It's like, holy shit, like I'm impacting those people that I've never met before. Yeah. And it's interesting what you say that because like I've wrote funeral home about something very specific in my life, but someone might come up to me and be like, oh, like, it meant like this to me. It might be something completely different to what it means to me. But, you know, I think that's what's really special about music is that anyone can listen to a song, listen to lyrics and stuff like that and take it however however they want or relate it to themselves however they want to yeah no i i 100 percent agree with that there's a dave Grohl quote i'm going to paraphrase it because i don't remember it verbatim but it was basically that the thing that he loves about music is that he can write a song about you know whatever he's going through or whatever he wants and then once he gets on stage and plays it it means a thousand different things to a thousand different people yeah it's awesome I've never heard that, but it's very true. Yeah. Um, 
So let's talk a little bit about kind of not that you're on this intentional mission to to spread mental health awareness and, and whatnot, but to some degree you are. It's, you know, kind of self-serving in the sense that, like you said, it's writing your story, telling your story so that you feel better and kind of can use your art as a therapy of sorts. But what's it been like also to now see that impact on people and, you know, helping people maybe take that first step towards their own mental health and, and kind of corrections? Well, I guess that, you know, if we can help people take that first step, then, you know, I feel very grateful to have being a part of that. You know, there's nothing more, I want nothing more in this world than for, you know, for everyone to feel good about themselves and for everyone to feel like the, these things that feel really shit in their lives, that they, that they can get through them really. Like, I guess that as a person, like as a person, like there are things going on in my life that I just feel like I can't, I can't get through also. But I think knowing that like it's a community thing and that, you know, we're all going to be all right, you know, like we're all going through this together. And, and like I said, like I think the way that it makes me feel is that if, you know, if I can be the contribution to someone feeling like they're not alone, then really what else can I want? Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think that's, that's really powerful because like at the same time, there's no, what do I want to call it? Like savior complex. Like you're not on this mission, if you will, with the intent that I'm going to, you know, I'm going to save somebody's life and they're going to tell me about it and it's going to make me the best person ever. Like, that has no bearing on it. That's not why you do what you Mm-mm. do. No, I don't feel like I'm, I don't feel like I'm educated enough to be that person, first of all. Um, I don't feel like I I know enough about, you know, about mental health and I don't feel like I know about enough about, I don't even know how to like deal with myself sometimes kind of thing. Like I don't feel like I'm in the position to help someone like personally kind of if if that makes sense like I don't you know I'm not educated so but I feel like you know just by talking about what I'm going through as I said before like it's I think it's definitely like a thing of you know of, of relating to things and knowing that it's not embarrassing to talk about it like I feel like that's my that is my contribution Yeah, no, I, I think the thing I want to tell you on that, though, you know, I'm not a licensed counselor or anything like that either, but um, I do a lot of work with an organization called Heart Support, and we actually just had a big group gathering and whatnot, and almost verbatim what you said came up a few times. People are like, you know, what gives me the right? Or like, I don't have the education to to help people, and it's like, but but you do, right? Because you've been on this earth, you've experienced things that other people have experienced. While you may not have the clinical knowledge to, you know, diagnose or whatever, um, mm-hmm. more often than not, all people really want is someone that can relate to them. Like you were talking about with, you know, your condition, like if there's just someone out there that can relate to me and sit and talk and help me unpack things, you know, a lot of times that's that's the first step because once you unpack it to start with it's easier to say okay there's more here that I need professional help with yeah no totally like yeah yeah you're, you're very right like I feel like obviously there are things that 
that I know and that I talk about and stuff like that, I guess it's like, I guess I was just touching on the fact of like, it's just not been like an intentional thing for me from the beginning to, you know, like, I feel like, I feel like people find, I feel like musicians find what they're passionate about in their career and in, you know, in the, in terms of the things that they go through. Like I don't, I didn't start this band for anything in particular other than that I love music, but you know, I've kind of fallen, I've, you know, I've, I've, I've fall, almost like fallen in love with like help, like writing things about, you know, myself and it helping people. Like it's, you know, it's something that I feel like this band has turned into. And I guess that's what I meant when I say it wasn't intentional. It's just, you know, you find, you find what you're put on this earth to do in time. And you don't always really know at the beginning, but sometimes you just fall into it really. Yeah, no, I, I would totally agree with that. I think, you know, there's a, a lot of people um, that figure out like what their purpose is in their darkest times. Like I'm going to talk about a friend of mine. I'll, I'll avoid his name for now, but um, a friend of mine, you know, he was a really bad alcoholic and, you know, struggled with a lot of that side of, of things. And um, just recently, you know, after being sober now for, I think he just passed his five-year mark. Um, he's decided to become a counselor. And, like, well, if he wouldn't have experienced the things that he experienced, that probably never would have happened. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah very true. Yeah, and I, I think it ties into exactly what you were saying with music. You know, like, you don't – I mean, obviously, there are definitely bands out there that are just trying to make whatever's poppy, whatever can – can sell and all that but i think the bands that have longevity are the ones that are also delivering messages and you know are bringing people together to show them that they're not alone and that's something i think yours truly does phenomenally is you know kind of it's the tone that you know this is a safe space and we've all been through shit and we're gonna go through it together totally love that <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so Again, on this particular uh, podcast, I don't normally get super deep into the, the music side of it, but I think for you it's important because, you know, with the, the new EP coming out, Is This What I Look Like, like these songs, you've already said, are directly, you know, the reflection of you, um, pun intended, based on the album art for it, you know, like it's this looking in the mirror and, and trying to figure out, like, who am I as a person? Mm -hmm. How how hard or easy have you found it to to write these songs and then to turn around and perform them with them being as personal as they are? Um, writing the songs surprisingly was easy. Like I think that I had a lot to say, and that um, I'd spent a lot of time just writing lyrics because. I was, you know, I was alone and, you know, I, you know, spent so much time in my room, you know, during the pandemic and stuff. So when it came to like, you know, writing these songs, I just, I had, I had a lot to say. Like I had a lot of, I had, I felt like even though we didn't do a lot physically for two years, I went through a lot emotionally in those two years. So, you know, what whatever I missed out on an experience, I went through in like, you know, self-discovery and, you know, um, and, and just stuff like that. So 
I didn't find that it was it was difficult to write. And like, like I said before, like it's always been something that like I've always found power in, like, you know, writing about my own experience. And I guess that once those songs are finished and um and they like they exist as a song and then you know you listen to them and you love the way they sound, to me then they still hold that personal side to them and that personal story but then it's not only my story anymore it's like it's it's a piece of art that exists and it exists for everyone so when we perform them live and I see people enjoying them to me it then it makes me feel like all those things that I went through was worth it yeah no I think that's that's super powerful because you know we've talked already about kind of building that community right and I think for anyone that's never stepped foot on stage, it's really hard to describe the feeling of looking out and singing your words or performing your song and seeing, you know, even 10 kids in the crowd just going nuts because they they feel something from that. Yeah. Yeah, it's an, it's an amazing feeling. It like, yeah, it definitely makes, like I said, it makes you feel like it was worth it. It makes you feel like, you know, you created something and that's like created something good. And that was what, you know, that's what your purpose is kind of thing. It makes me, makes me feel like I, I, I've, you know, I figured out my purpose and the reason that I'm here. Yeah. Um, so within that, you know, your, your purpose and, and the reason that you're here, obviously the majority of that is in creating art um, and kind of telling your own story and helping people, self-discover again without a savior complex about it do you think you know thinking back to when you were younger and you were discovering the alternative music scene and and things like that do you think you ever would have imagined that you would be one of the people that were on stage and people were starting to respond to like that there's always been something that I guess, you know, I wanted to do like as a kid, like watching, I would sit in a spot YouTube videos for hours of just like different bands, like playing things like walk tour and stuff like that. And it's been like, I would love to, I would love to do that one day. And I don't know, like, I guess it just doesn't, it doesn't feel like, I think that when you're doing it and you don't really have that time to sit and like reflect on it, you kind of don't really feel like that's you. But I think sometimes there are moments when like I talk to like maybe younger bands and stuff like that or like when I meet people and I see that like, they've got like literal like self-care tattoos, like the artwork tattooed on them and I'm just yeah. like, wow, like kind of thing. Like I just, yeah. Yeah, it's something that something that still hasn't really, like I don't think it's really registered in me yet just because um, I don't feel like I'm any I'm any different to to anyone else. And I'm I'm pretty sure that's exactly how, those people that I looked up to as well felt about themselves. Yeah, I think it goes to, I think we talked about this on the the last time we spoke. It goes back to kind of that, you know, at the end of the day, you're still just a human. And I think yeah. that's something that you, you maintain a very good side of is that like, you know, there's, sure i'm i'm quote unquote popular or whatever you know like people are starting to look up to me but at the end of the day i'm human you know i mm -hmm. i still have these medical conditions i still deal with the same things that other people deal with it's not there's no disassociation i think within your mindset 
No, yeah, well, I guess it's like, I don't know, I guess there's been a lot of things that have happened in, in you know, in my life and especially in, like, our career and stuff that, you know, has been very humbling. And I feel like, you know, I feel like that's really important because I feel like once you lose that side of yourself, you then are no longer relatable and then people can't relate to you. Um, you start talking about things that people don't, understand and then you lose what you have like what was special between you and your listeners really and I just don't want that to ever be me and I just I'm, I'm sure it won't ever be me but you know like right. it's just yeah I, yeah I, I, also, I just I wasn't raised like that <laughs> yeah. yeah I think I do think that the, you're absolutely right you know I I talk all the time about the authenticity and, and that's where longevity in the music industry comes from because, you know, one hit wonders are one hit wonders for a reason. Like you made something really cool that everybody latched onto for a minute, but there was no substance to it a lot of times. And so you just kind of fade away to, to obscurity. I guess it's also, you need to think of it. Like they said that there's one hit things that you were saying, like, you never know when these things are going to not exist anymore. Like the internet could shut down tomorrow and everything that we've ever worked. And this, is, this sounds so dramatic. This would never happen. But like the internet shut down tomorrow, everything we've ever worked on could be gone. Um, yeah. Another pandemic could happen. We can't tour again. And I think you just need to think of it like, you know, be appreciative of what's happening today and like, you know, you could have that one song and just just enjoy it. And that's something that I'm trying to do is live in the moment. Stop trying to think about what's going to happen next because I just always have to think about what's happening next and what's happening tomorrow. But enjoy now because we just you just you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying the positive thinking of everything will be good tomorrow. But, yeah, enjoy right now and be 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 appreciative and don't lose the humbleness. Like, don't, don't lose the humbleness that you have about yourself and your, you know, like where you come from. Like, I think that's, that's really important. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think that's a really good way for us to, to segue kind of towards the end of the, the episode and conversation here. Um, and that what you just said may be your answer for this question, but I do ask the one like super cliche question for this, uh, this podcast is, if you were to think back to, you know, 15-year-old Michaela, um, it's kind of a twofold question. Number one, do you think that you're the person that she would be looking up to now? And number two, what advice would you give the yourself? Um, I would say I would be proud of the things that I had, had achieved and I'd be proud of where, I, like, that I had gone and, and done what I wanted to do. I think that she would want, me to take more care of myself and to be kinder to myself and to not put myself in positions where I can be made to feel small um and I think that you know if I could go back and talk to her being my age now I would probably want to build up her confidence because I feel like maybe the reason why I put myself in situations that make me feel small is because I didn't have the confidence back then that I should have had so I think it'd be a little bit of like a back and forth healing each other kind of thing yeah that's really cool um and then as we you know kind of exit the episode here 
Uh, you have a lot of super dope shit that's happening right now, so let's talk about this. <laughs> so uh, you've got the new EP coming out, um, which will be out on this Friday, well, tomorrow in the U.S., uh, just a couple hours from us talking. Uh, this episode is going to go live on Monday, so um, it'll be out, you know, 48 hours or so. So let's yeah. talk a little bit about that real quick, and then um, I want to talk about this tour that you're jumping on for the U.S. because that's super dope as well. Yeah, so a couple of hours ago in Australia, we just um, released our EP, Is This What I Look Like? It's got seven tracks, um, which I'm very, very proud of. I think it's like my, my favourite stuff that we've ever done. I feel like that's just very typical of someone to say because it's the newest thing they've ever done and they didn't like it as much as the other stuff, but I'm very proud of it. Um, so, yeah, we just put that out and we're going to be playing all the songs live in the States. We're coming over to support I Prevail, Pierce Surveilling, Fit for a King. And we're going to be there through like September, October. I think it's mostly like East Coast and like a couple Southern dates. I know like the, like the, like the dates are kind of weird. Like, like a lot of cities I thought we'd do that we're not doing, but I think it's like chopped up into like two different parts. So I'm very excited for that because we haven't been to the States since 2019. So I'm excited to come over, especially to do a, a, a tour like that. And like be able to like especially these songs are a bit darker so to be playing with the bands like bands like that like i think it's i think it's gonna be really cool for us yeah i i totally agree and uh looks like september 13th you're in indianapolis which is an hour away from me so i'm definitely going to be out at that show whether i'm covering it or just as a fan um sure with with the ep i do touch on a couple songs um just super fast because Way back, I don't know if you remember this, way back when we talked about self-care, um, track number five, which everybody already probably has heard, which is Hallucinate, uh, features Josh, and mm -hmm. we talked a lot about your relationship with with his band and, and all that. How, how easy was it for you to approach him and just be like, I need your vocals? You know what I mean? I was really chill, surprisingly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, we asked and he said he'd do it. And then I actually got to meet him and like work with him and be there when he recorded it. And it was a very surreal experience, literally like listening to him sing a chorus that I had written, like was really cool. Um, but no, it was awesome. Like he's so, so nice, like genuinely like a really good person. So, you know, like I'm especially after looking up to, um, you know, you meet six for so long, like I'm grateful. Like I'm really grateful that I got to meet them and that, he was actually really nice. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like, it, I guess it's something that like, I guess it's another thing of like one of those things, if I could go back and talk to 15 year old me and tell me that Josh was going to sing on one of our songs, she'd probably like lose her shit. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, and then the other one that I wanted to touch on is um, Careless Kind. It's the most recent single. Um, I, I think that song resonated with me because of of the message and i think it's a really important message of you know that constant desire to change the way we feel or change the way we think um with obviously you don't have to get into the specifics of what you were going through at that moment but like how often has that been a reoccurring theme for you throughout life that like you know this event happens or whatever and it's like man i wish i wish i would have been a little more careless and and done this thing or maybe you know i should have looked at this from a different angle 
um so often which is I think the reason why I wanted to write about it like I um I was talking to a friend and like something was kind of like going on in our lives um like to both of us at the same time and I remember saying to them like why are you so chill about this like why are you not freaking out and they were like because I can't fix it like it's just how it is like I just have to move on and I'm like I wish that I was like that like I wish that I could just not give a shit like you kind of thing but I can't do it and that's kind of how like that song kind of came about and as as Lockie and I started writing the song together like Lockie is another person that like the sky could be falling and like you would look at him and he'd be like oh yeah it's falling and I said to him I remember writing with him being like how come you're also so chill and he's like I don't know, I guess it's how I am. And I was like, is this just like a luck of the draw thing of like not being an overthinker? Did I just like not get, did, did I did I just like lose? Like, yeah. So um, that's kind of, yeah, what that song is about. And it's just kind of like a touch on things like, you know, like the first verse has this thing about like, you know, having like scars on my ankles and stuff like that. And I think that's kind of like where it started for me was like, you know, having like these health issues that like I kind of hated because it made me feel insecure and then I guess you know as you get older you get over things but then new things come in and like you know then you're in relationships and then like you start overthinking your relationships and like your friendships and your career and everything like that and like overthinking for me has been a massive thing so I wish that I could be a little bit more careless and that's kind of why I wrote that song yeah no I I totally agree with you because I'm a I'm a classic overthinker myself but I'm I kind of have both sides of that so like like I was telling you you know I almost died from COVID and one of the first things I I remember telling nurse one night we were talking and she's like you know like obviously this is a heavy experience blah blah and I I just said it is what it is and she's like what a fucking badass way to look at life and I'm like but I mean, like, couldn't change it. You know what I mean? It it already happened. I can't do anything. It is what it is. But in the moment, it's like I'm overthinking every little thing. Yeah, I think that sometimes you get to the point where you're like, I've overthought so much now and I've realized that no matter how much I sit and think about this, I'm not going to change it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, last thing I want you to, to touch on before we do all the, you know, the social media thing. Um, you've got a pretty cool thing for Australia to know about coming up in November as well, right? Yes. So we're doing our biggest ever Australian tour. Um, we're doing the Is This What I Look Like tour and it will be all over like November, December, playing the biggest rooms we've ever played. So if you're Aussie and you have time to come watch us, I would appreciate it because these rooms are massive and I'm getting nervous and I'm overthinking it. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Um, obviously I'm going to link all the socials, but where can people find you and the band online? Like kind of what's the best way to interact with you? Um, if you just look up yours truly underscore band, that's usually where we are and everything. Um, yeah. Um, just, you know, your Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. We suck on absolutely everything else. Everyone keeps telling us to use TikTok, but like, I, I don't know how to use it. So there's that. Yeah, no, I. I feel you on that. I've got a TikTok. I've made a couple videos and I'm like, I, I'm too old for this. I don't understand what I'm supposed to do. Like I don't dance. Um, what do I, how do I fix this? You know? <laughs> so, 
Awesome, Michaela. I appreciate it so much. Um, like I said, this will be going live Monday, so uh, we'll be sure to broadcast all that. And I'm super looking forward to you guys coming over and getting back in the States. Oh, thank you. Me too. We'll see you then. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks so much. Thanks. And that was my conversation with Michaela Delgado of the band Yours Truly. Um, huge shout out to her for telling her story, being honest, open, and coming on this show. Uh, obviously, I want you guys to go over, check out the band. Um, you know, I'll have all the socials linked in the description of this podcast. Show some love, support. Um, I do think that there's definitely songs that they've released uh that pretty much anybody can relate to you know there's a potential connection for virtually anyone and i highly encourage you going over and checking that stuff out um and you know looking forward to more conversations with michaela as things progress right you know like we want to have her on for anytime they drop new music and you know maybe more of these conversations if there's something uh specifically that you guys think that you know out of Michaela's story that you would like more detail on um or you know would like to explore more around uh medical anxiety or things like that let me know let her know um and we'll see if we can't link back up and and do kind of a specific niche uh type of episode around those things um you know, obviously the, the primary concern is uh, respect and and letting her tell the, her story at her own pace with her own, own comfort level and things like that. Um, and, you know, I, I just want to say again, thank you so much to her for taking the time to do this conversation and being a part of this kind of movement to, to break down some of these stigmas and these walls that are really in society across the the globe right like there's no country that does this perfectly so um yeah that's everything for this particular episode guys uh let me know jump over to instagram um specifically or facebook and let me know what artists you'd like to hear from on this show I would definitely be up for trying to get them on uh, and, you know, always look forward to that side of, of the interaction. Um, other than that, be sure, like I said, go check out Yours Truly. They just dropped their new EP, Is This What I Look Like? Um, you can find that anywhere that you stream music. You can, you know, go over to UNFD and pick up previous music, merch, all that sort of stuff as well. Uh, show the band some support. They're coming over to the States. They will be on tour with I Prevail, uh, Pierce the Veil, and them So for the, the first leg of it. So definitely want you guys to get out, check that out, uh, because I think that's going to be a really fucking dope show, um, and I plan on being at at least the Indianapolis date. We'll see what happens. So um, that's everything, guys. Remember, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene.